So I just finished a episode that came out today, so I don't know when it'll come out in relation to when this one comes out, but it was actually a really fun one. I recorded it sitting right here with uh, Rabbi Stanton, mm-hmm. and the whole core of the episode was about kind of interreligious dialogue and pluralism. That's his real expertise, but one of the things he said struck me, and I wanted to talk a little bit about it today, okay. was the idea of... God and like what we believe about God, which is a really interesting thing mm. just as an aside to talk about. It's like we often talk about God and if we like all close our eyes and imagined and painted a picture, I don't even know that we're all talking about the same thing we say God. Um, <laughs> but that's a, I mean, maybe we'll get it. That's a different conversation. But he had said something to the effect of in the Jewish faith, this isn't heretical, mm. but in the Christian faith it might be. But he holds a paradox frequently of the one side of the spectrum being a very personal, loving, knowing God, like an involved God, I think is what he meant by a personal God. And then a impersonal kind of orchestrator of the universe, maybe, or a power, but not someone that's deeply and intimately involved with us. So a personal God and an impersonal God. And the driving factor behind that was he has a really hard time at times reconciling with the god of the universe allowing things like the holocaust to happen uh, and he specifically mentioned how there are people alive today that are still from the holocaust right and like having to wrestle with that and yeah. have to then believe in a personal god and i know you and i have not experienced anything to the effect of that right and so i don't want to just off mm-hmm. the jump saying we're not comparing our plight no, yeah, to that not. but i do want to know because for you i think part of where you're wrestling with deconstruction comes is the paradox between a personal or impersonal God or what you believe about that. And so I just want to start with talking about that and kind of see where it goes. Like where do you fall in your understanding currently of God? Like is God personal, impersonal and how is that affecting you in this journey? Yeah. Great question. I think I go, I think I go back and forth a lot. There are moments, uh, Hmm. I redact that. Mm. Uh, In many ways, I really want God to be a personal God. But right now, I don't think that I think he is. I... God. But right now, I don't think that I think he is. I... This is going to be pretty woo-woo for me to say (laughs) what I'm going to say. But Pete Holmes, in his book, Comedy, Sex, God, says, God is a metaphor for the mystery. And honestly, that's where I'm at right now. Okay. Well, one thing that I... (laughs) But one thing that I found really interesting about what I said from what the rabbi said, so quoting him, was that it's not heresy to have that paradox in the Jewish faith, but it's 100% would be... I mean, you just named it right there. Like, this would be heretical to say, or Dustin's going to roast me. And you can probably (laughs) think of a dozen people that would roast you for saying that, right? Yeah. I don't really love that. I just said that on camera, but it's fine. But what do you think that having that paradox, that two sides of the coin is problematic to having a Christian faith? Oh, I mean, I would say it's definitely problematic to having an evangelical faith, Mm. right? Like to be in mainstream fundamentalism, to say that God is, distant and 
like I don't know, not very personal. You can't. You're not allowed to say that because God right. is like intimately involved with that. Intimately involved with you, but that oh, it's so weird though because I know that that sounds really good. Like I think a deeply personal God sounds so lovely until you get into the nitty gritty of it, which is God like is watching you when you sin and is like, Oh, not again. Like that's kind of creepy. And a God who's deeply personal and yet lets all this crap happen. You're like, and I know that we could go into again of like, we don't really know his reasoning, but it's like, that is still so shitty. Like, and so it's when you really get into the nitty gritty of it, a deeply personal, if God is a deeply personal God, and this is the world we live in, I don't really trust him. And I think that is what's tricky. And so it's easier. Easier is not maybe the best word, but it's it follows then that maybe you would lean toward. I'm not really answering your question at all, but I'm going to keep going. Okay, (laughs) like lean toward an impersonal God who like made the world. But then like we have responsibility. That is what. That's what I like about Judaism, actually. So I've been to a few, um, like, Jewish temple services, and they were just like, it would be great if, like, a Messiah would come. And it would be awesome if that was a person and that he would make everything right again. That might be a pipe dream. And so let's do what we can. And there's something about that that I really respect and like, in a sense of, like, if God... If God is not deeply personal and if God is not coming back, then let's just do what we can. But again, but now the more I'm saying it, I don't think you can say that and be a Christian. Well, what? But and then the question is like, what's essential to being a Christian? Yeah. There's a lot in going on in my mind. Yeah. And even the, even as you said that, like I actually went to a much more negative place because the flip side of that coin is like you said, do as much as we can. The flip side is do whatever I want. Like sex drugs alcohol like if there's none of those things then like because i would say we're probably deriving morality from that right and so like even based on that like to say i'm gonna go do the best i can there's some moral compass that's in there and so then to go to the other side it's like i just don't know and i'm not necessarily disagreeing but if we have a really impersonal god i wonder why we would do anything Okay. Other than a moral imperative. I'm going to push back on that, actually. Are we going to fight on this podcast? I hope so. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> I am so sick of that because I feel like this is something that they that they do. I don't know. In, like, in Christianity. Apparently I do. Where they, <laughs> these idiots. Do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like, I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like it's this false um, correlation of... You don't believe in a personal God and you're an asshole. Because, and I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I didn't say that, but. I know that's not what you're saying, but hear me out. I think that sometimes, I mean, I know so many non-Christians who are doing so much good for the world. And sure. it's like, I guess. Oops, said it. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess like, um, the th- I'm, what I'm trying to say is for so long, I didn't think that was a thing. Like, I thought, like, like they talk about non-Christians as if they're just going to be like, well, screw this and screw that. Sex, drugs, and alcohol, and I do what I want, and I live my best life. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to say that that's what you were saying. But I get frustrated when that's our automatic, like, well, that's the other extreme. 
Yeah, not what I was trying to say. Yeah, but sorry. I I do get that because that it's you have to have a villain sometimes, right? And mm. so the easiest way to I've said this before to know who's in is to name who's out. Yeah. And, but what I'm more at the core saying is there is a moral imperative to driving whether you believe in Jesus who or whoever, like to say because the quote you said in the center like we're trying to make things just better, right? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, sure. So there's some imperative to say what better looks like. Okay. And so what I'm saying is for the other person, it's like, what if their better is to go do these things, like to do what we would deem as a sin, right? Within that moral imperative. I'm just saying there's some level of morals driving someone. And I just wonder with the presence of no God or a very impersonal God, how that fits into it and why I'm not saying I agree with this, but I go to the question of why do anything to make things better but Danny, I think that you would like that is like I I think I'm a pretty that pretty bad person. <laughs> you think that if you didn't, if you you think if you believe that God was impersonal, that you would just do whatever you want and not be a kind. No, person. that's not so because you said. I, so no, it's not exactly okay. what I'm saying too either. So, I'm also sorry if I'm I'm not trying to miskew your words. No, no, I think you would be a great politician. So no. <laughs> um, Happy election I, day. It is election day <laughs> uh, for us, not for you guys. Yeah. So, Go vote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See you at the polls. But so like if Rabbi Stanton talks about an impersonal God, right? Mm. And um, he kind of talks about, he also said, used a really interesting quote, like talking about like, he's almost similar to what you said, right? Is that we're trying to grow in righteousness mm. and which is a level of goodness, which is... Yeah then enacted by certain actions. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I could decide what my, like, I don't like I'm getting a little lost. What I'm saying, but I'm just trying to figure out like who gets to determine what righteousness is and what I'm not necessarily saying a personal or impersonal guy okay. Okay. makes that decision. Okay. I'm just saying if I, if the only goal is to make things better, there are different people that have ideas of what better is. And so how do we determine like, my better could feel destructive to you. That's fair. But then we have a conversation about it. Yeah. And I get, I just, I this actually is... even go back to what we just talked about a second ago. For okay. some of the people that we, on the okay. last episode, yeah, like, yeah. for them, they yeah. think they're making things better. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I wonder who gets to determine what better is in a world, I in th- any world. I think and that's I, a pipe dream to, that anyone gets to decide that i don't think that's real i don't think that's realistic do you think it's realistic to make things better i think it's realistic to try it's realistic to try to make things better and so i have a different i don't know if i want to go down what i was going to say so but i do like what you said about it starts with conversation right like because for you and that other person can i interrupt you really quick like i just like I just sometimes, when I hear this conversation, I hear a deep distrust in humanity. And I'm, a, as someone who grew up in total depravity, I'm a little sick of that. Not that that's a reason to reject it. Yeah. But I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, I, th- I think that's interesting. I always, uh, I'm interested in our conversations often because I'm trying to listen for what the pressure point is underneath yeah. where you are. What it was that might have happened in your childhood to say this. <laughs> To like bring you to that point. Um, I hate you so much. Thank you. Um, but what it is that might have led to that sort of uh, 
thing because I think that's actually an interesting part of it. Yeah. So when I think about my own deconstruction, but then I think about where you're at mm-hmm. too, um, and I, <laughs> I led with my own because I want you to think that I'm not always thinking about yours and trying to figure out what I'm going to do about it. No, uh, but can I just say I think you're very good at finding like what I'm saying underneath it, which sometimes as someone who's in it, it it's harder to see that. So I appreciate that you do yeah. that. And so, yeah, I, I think about that sometimes. It's like one, I wonder what it is that and so that makes sense to me because i hear you pushing back on total depravity and even when i say like i'll be honest with you sometimes i want to throw up my own mouth as i'm like talking about the moral whatever that drives us Mm because i think that in some ways no that i would call it a pipe but i would say that it's it can be really weaponized against people to create what the moral norm is yeah Uh, especially in such a globalized society where we don't even know a fraction of what's happening around us mm-hmm. in different places or there's um yeah i don't know like i just said i know a guy who came here from the uk who was like a pastor priest christian and i said something about sexual ethics in a conversation and in the uk it was just such a different conversation around the morals of that mm. and so like mm. that's not like a completely different world right but for us we had different morals and we were both clergy people right and so mm. i just think that's an interesting part of the morals and kind of the core of what i was getting at is like we're all kind of have different driving forces and so i wonder how we work our way to a collective end even if we're all playing with a different set of cards maybe i don't know yeah i guess in the end not being like i'm not saying like in the end of like heaven that's not necessarily what I'm moving in uh that's not what I heard I think I guess for me we've kind of jumped to the solution if we do have an impersonal god and we haven't really talked about what that means so like let's say so like I'm your congregant let's say let's say say I'm your (laughs) let's say I go to your church um like what do you do how do you how would you feel if you had a congregant that believed in an impersonal god would you kick him out? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So for me, I can hold things in tension. Not, I, I say that and it sounds like I'm boosting myself up. I don't always hold great things in tension. But I can deeply believe in Jesus and believe Jesus is formative and still be in spaces with people that aren't sure that that's true. Love that. Or that don't believe in God the same way I do. I think, and I would go back to it, Like I think it was really profound what you said, and you said it in passing. I think it, conversation is the most important thing. So mm-hmm. I'd rather be in community with people that I like that I don't necessarily agree with on everything, but be in community. Um, not to make this like the boost up the rabbi episode again either, but he had talked about a common friend of ours, Rabbi Brad Hirschfield wrote a book that says... Uh, you don't have to be wrong for me to be right. And I think that's an interesting Mm. thing for us to think about is like we cut people out because we need to be right and they need to be wrong. And I can deeply believe my convictions about the importance of Jesus and the personal nature of God. And I don't have to wrestle with how, or I, I am not wrestling with the presence of God and terrible atrocities. Right. But I can still, be in relationship and worship with people that might be on a different place. Like I don't have to be right for you to be wrong. I love that. And I think, I think the other thing though is the question that you started out with is, can you be a Christian and believe that? And here's the thing that wasn't even on my radar. Like I'm not that concerned with that label anymore. Yeah. 
You've transcended labels. Uh, I just don't like to be put in boxes. <laughs> I will say that, like, even as an asset, I actually would have rejected, like, because I think there are people at the well that is a United Methodist Christian church, right? But mm-hmm. that maybe wouldn't identify as Christian, but they're seeking to get to know the creator better. Yeah. And so I think maybe that was my question. It's like, and maybe a better question is then how do you engage with a God that you are wondering if it's personal or impersonal or do you even try? I mean, I think that, I think that's the question. Uh, you kind of give up. Yeah. I mean, a little bit like it's, if that God is impersonal is what you're saying. Yes. Like it's God is, it's like, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really try to commune with God right now. Hmm. What is it? What is that? Or what has that tradition look like to commune with God? What does that mean? Oh, great question. Um, Oh, okay. Interesting. So before it was like quiet time, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like I read my Bible, um, read my devotional journal. uh, And then I was like, nailed it. Communed with God. Uh, Oh, and like, prayed yeah (laughs) or in like church right like that's a place of like worship and thinking about it and all that but i think and now it's very oh this is i we're gonna talk about this because this is interesting and i've been thinking about this i am in this place where i'm kind of like whatever i'm just doing it on my own i'm not saying that's a great place to be in not saying i'll be that forever that's where i'm at right now yeah yeah i'm just i'm not i'm just being honest but a lot of times my natural thing to do if I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed is to pray. Still, you're saying. Still. Yeah. And so, like, I'm, like, I'm kind of, like, whatever. But then, like, <laughs> but then, like, I, like, I had parent-teacher conferences recently, and I had a parent walk in, and I was just, like, God, like, please help me with this parent-teacher conference. And then I was, like, well, why did I just do that? Like, it's yeah. very interesting that that is still my go-to, and there's still a comfort in that. But then it's weird to do that, but not be sure if you believe in a God that like cares or will do anything about your request. Mm. Yeah. But it's kind of like a little, oh my God, we always used to talk about these people that are like, I'm not a Christian, but my mom has cancer, so can you just pray for it just in case? And we'd all be like, those idiots. Like, mm. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Like, I feel like that guy right now. Yeah. That's good. If we, like, we're developing new segments, one for the season that we're currently in is that Emily realizes she was that guy segment. Like, I feel like you've said that a lot recently. The the, the crazy non-religious guy. Yeah. Yeah. I am that guy. Um, but I also was talking about how I used to be that guy, meaning the really religious oh, guy. Oh, I was meaning both. Yeah. 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 Um, I would... So... Even in what you said, like, I think it's interesting that, and this is my perspective, you can be like, that's BS, and I don't agree with you, but I think you're probably communing with God more than you give yourself credit for, but the lens or whatever you've been doing it through is different, right? And like, we've talked about this before, like, your lens for communing with God was kind of and this is gonna sound really negative and so i'm sorry but it was more like box checking and task completion a thousand percent that's that's just true that's not negative yeah and you're moving into (laughs) not moving into a space because i don't know if you're even that's where you are currently but the way that 
I watch it from the stories I hear on the outside is like you're communing with God in a much more fluid way mm. that is based on the experiences you're in rather than the boxes you're checking. Like, mm, I love that. I love that. And I think that's true. Like, yeah. I'm not really sure I know what I think God is right now, but I still know when I connect to it. Yeah. That's what I hear that Ooh. as well. Ooh. Uh, I like that. Because I wonder, you're not the only person, right, that's wrestling with that. And I think trying to figure out where you encounter God is a question to ask. Like, I've I've said this in passing. Like, I've been in... Oh, I said this actually one of the last... It's been a long time since we've recorded together. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't think this episode has come out yet. But I had talked about how I was in a oddly more silent time with God than normal. Um, And with that came me kind of reconsidering what it meant to um, commune with God. I don't think I've ever used that phrase before and I've used it a lot, (laughs) but Uh, uh, like been in conversation with God, like been in connection with God. And so I had to though reimagine like what that meant and not, and so I was asking the question, not am I not doing it anymore? Am I not doing it right? But what is the new way, or where is the new place God is trying to meet me? And I guess was what I was asking. I dig that because, and I I really like that because I I heard a podcast one time with Anne Lamont, who I love, and she said, I mean, I just remember it was like the first thing she said on the podcast. She was like, "Oh yeah, God and I are not on speaking terms right now because my best friend's son died, and I'm very angry at yeah. him." And she just said that, and I was like. <laughs> Thank you. Like, that is it. But nobody talks about that. And she said it like it was any other relationship. But, yeah. So, isn't that the core, though, of if we have a personal God. Okay. Okay. And there is a personal nature. There has Mm. to be the ability to. Because I hear the evangelical God is deeply impersonal because it's a puppet master that it's, like, controlling. And to have a relationship and be personal you see Jesus do this, right? Like he's fearful and he's nervous. You see yeah. him, like even the way he talks to his disciples, it's not like, what's up, bud? We're doing great, right? He's like, get behind me, Satan, right? There's real yeah. life conversations wow. and dynamic nature to the relationship. And I wonder if that's the core of a deeply personal God is the ability to vacillate between the full spectrum of emotion of a relationship. Okay. Just go with me for a second. I think it will, it will, I don't know. Uh, That wasn't a word. Um, (laughs) Like, here's the thing though, Danny. You and I are friends. Yes. Um, We have a personal relationship. Two for two. Two for two. I'm killing this. And if you, I'm going to come back to what I just said. I just wanted to just let you know. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> like, I remember one time I was in my campus ministry, and the, the pastor was like, write three things on the board that you're feeling about God right now. And I was like, can I be honest? I was in a bad place. And I just wrote, feels apathetic to my pain. And I just wrote it on the board. And he was like, okay. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, if I felt... This kind of works. If I felt like all of a sudden you did not care about me, if I felt like you were very apathetic to everything that I'm going through, I would rather just believe that's who you are as a dude. Ooh, are you following me? Yeah. And so it's like, 
instead of feeling betrayed and rejected by you, I'd rather just think that you're an asshole completely and you don't care about anybody. Yeah. Other than you did care about me and now I'm feeling a different type of way. I wonder, I want to use this us analogy because I do wonder. Because you basically are like God to me, so (laughs) it's perfect. (laughs) Um, But I don't think you'd do that. Um, I think you said, I don't think you would do what you just said you would do. Okay. I think you would ask me, I think you'd be, we're good enough friends now where I think you'd be like, it feels like you're being apathetic to my pain. I think you'd name it. I think I would actually. And so relating that to God, like Mm. I think Mm. it's, and you said it, not me. So I'm using your words. It's easier to say God is apathetic and to say you're an asshole and put God in that box. It's harder to say, how do I go before that God in whatever conversation that looks like and say, like, it feels like you're apathetic and I want to get to the bottom of what I feel. And is that true or is that not true? Because I think in our relationship, you would do that. You would say, this is what I feel like you're at. Are you an apathetic asshole? <laughs> or yeah. Am I misreading the situation or is there something I haven't even considered? But it's pretty, I really hope nobody, nobody that I know watches this episode, which is also a pipe dream. But, uh, <laughs> but like, just go with me, okay? Yeah. It's not a question. No one is wondering if Danny Liebarger is real or not. So that's a whole other thing. That's true. Like, are you apathetic? Do you just not exist? Yeah. Or do you love me and we need to work it out? There's a whole other option there. That's a pretty big deal. <laughs> That's, that is true. Unless we live in a simulation and none of us exist. <laughs> uh, Embrace the journey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will say, like, that's actually really, and that's something to explore but a different conversation from then if you're in the state where it's like, uh-huh. I do believe then I'm saying like, if you would believe there's totally a deeply a, personal I God. follow you. And I think it's sweet that you thought about my personality and then like I put it toward God. Cause I was it's, like, Oh yeah. Um, can we talk about if birds are real for a second? Yeah. Where do you fall on that? Um, I don't really care. <laughs> I, if you, uh, freaking, if it, the government wants to spy on me, that's not so you've heard this conspiracy me. theory before. The guy who thought of it is a, was a Mizzou student. Really? M-I-Z, baby. <laughs> What's your take? I am with you. I think it's one of the weirdest. I'm just uh, saying A, I think birds are real because yeah. I just don't know why they wouldn't be. But I'm like. I could see them sneaking a few robots in there if they yeah. want. I don't care. I think that's where it, someone was like at a bar and like, I think the government has robot birds. And someone overheard <laughs> and said, oh my God, all the birds are robots. And then it became that. Yeah, and now there's so. t-shirts. Um, I think conspiracy theories are really funny. So a lot of times they piss me off. Like the Sandy Hook conspiracy. I don't know why we're talking about this. The Sandy Hook conspiracy theory, I think, is so messed up. People's kids died. Stop saying. Stop saying that it was the government. Yeah. If you believe in the Sandy Hook conspiracy theory, I think you're hurting people. I'm so sorry. That's. I feel so strongly about that, and I've never been able to say that. I. <laughs> Uh, I think that you couldn't have picked two more polar opposite <laughs> conspiracy theories, but I do think that's, I think it's true. I think that's, I'm with you on that. So that just put a bad taste in my mouth about conspiracy theories yeah, in the I world. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> so I'll
You did not think I was going to bring up Sandy Hook. No, I didn't. Um, so. <laughs> so. God. God. Impersonal. Real or not? Personal. Yeah. Impersonal or personal. Because that's actually an interesting part of yeah. the conversation is there was no conversation of you can have an impersonal God that is still real. That's like a assumption of that question. And I think that's another interesting side of it is like, is there even a God in the first place? Then you would have different conversations and questions on this. I think there is. So I'm not saying it's an interesting question because I'm pondering that. But I think in this conversation we're in and the place we've gone, that's a different dovetail of it. Absolutely. But also like, what is that much of a difference between no God and an impersonal God? Well, for me, I wouldn't believe in an impersonal God because if God was impersonal and letting all those things happen, I think that I think that's worse than a personal God and bad things happening. I think that's kid with a magnifying glass. If he's glass. a personal God, then then he can't be all powerful. I disagree with that, but I know you do. <laughs> but that's what I'm feeling. Yeah, I think there's one that's like there's letting chaos happen with a bigger plan that I can't fathom. Versus the kid with the magnifying glass burning the ants because, or like watching them get burned. You know what I mean? Like those are different. They're maybe problematic in different in their own ways, but they're not. They're problematic for different reasons. But like, let's go back to Rabbi Stanton. It's it is easy for us to say that maybe we just don't get it and don't have a reason because we didn't. We're not freaking Holocaust survivors. Sure. Um, I would if. I mean, I cannot imagine being, I'm not going to say that, but just like, like just the idea of like asking someone who went through that amount of suffering to say like, well, maybe I just don't understand why God let the Holocaust happen. Like that is really messed up to me. I'm sorry. I'm getting kind of fiery. You are getting fiery. But I think that you don't think I'm a messed up. Like I, I I don't. You, oh, what? (laughs) Like, I don't know why God would let that happen. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 because again, we're connecting dots here. You're learning. I'm become. I, I am your enemy. You're that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would believe in a personal God. I believe the Holocaust. Happened. I just don't like. Do I think God orchestrated it? No. Okay. But do I still believe God is alive and personal and active? And so I have to reconcile with why bad things happen to good people. Well, let's remember Emily was raised very reformed and thinks God allowing things is the same as God choosing them. And yeah. so that is a distinction that's helpful when you say that yeah. because it's hard for me to hear that and not hear God orchestrated the Holocaust. So that's a helpful. Sure. But yeah. to me, how could God allow it if he had the power not to? A lot of people died. Yeah. A lot of people are behind that freaking bus. Yeah. The bus of God's plan. What yeah. a... Cr- learn how to drive. Yeah. I think that that's an interesting and hard thing to wrestle. It's like, I don't <laughs> I don't wrestle with it and go through it saying like, I think this is a cut and dry easy thing, I guess. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you saying that. But I do think that I would affirm what you said. Like, God... Knowing, allowing, being powerful, God orchestrating, executing, and acting on are different things. And I need to remember that. Framework of God's engagement in the world. But I also, and I think God can bring good things out of bad things, but I don't think God makes bad things happen to bring forth good things. I think that's a huge distinction, actually. 
At least it is for me and my upbringing. Yeah. And I also have much a, and I don't know where you're at with this, but your upbringing, like we have very different understandings of free will. Very. And so that informs my conversation. I think probably for people that are listening, that's, I think Ooh. the most interesting thing that we could think about from today is what are the theological frameworks that we have been given mm. that are informing the things we're deconstructing and then how are they still informing what we're deconstructing because that's interesting in your deconstruction your theological framework is still what is informing your deconstruction i love that because here's the thing i mean i don't love that but i think that's such a good point because here's the thing is as a calvinist we would say who gives something about <laughs> about free will we can't choose god so god has overridden our free will so that we can be in heaven so to in my perspective even still like i was having a conversation about universalism with someone and they were like well i want to be a universalist and think that god makes everyone to heaven but then part of that means that god takes away some of our free will and i was like who cares if god has that power freaking take all my free will away to not let the holocaust happen like that yeah. i don't i do not care about having free will yeah, i you, just want god to make it right yeah, you want free will less than you want things to be yeah i don't care good. i didn't yeah. really i never really thought i had it so it doesn't <laughs> feel like much of a loss yeah i'm just vibing so this is a <laughs> this might sound inherently more negative than it than it intends to but i wonder like I'm visualizing deconstruction, right? And it's like pulling things down, right? And we're, mm, mm. I believed this once. And we've used the Jenga thing, right? Yeah. Like we're pulling them out. And in my mind, I've been like, like, so I pull out free will. And I, yeah. like, I throw it somewhere. And I may find it again. But mm -hmm. I've kind of thrown it out. You've talked about the room in and out of Absolutely. that, right? I wonder how many people, and not to say you're in this, but I wonder this, as I'm thinking it, like that's what popped in my mind. Like how much is deconstruction and how much is like just like rearranging like if you're like pulling out free will but you're just rebuilding a tower right so it's like if free will is all like i don't have free will right so it's always going to be there so i pulled free will out of my evangelical tower but we're like not ready to throw that away does that make sense like i think it's more i think it's more accidental than that i think it's you pulled things out of the Jenga tower and the Jenga tower fell. And then you were like, oh my God, let me make this tower. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I just used the free will block. What the heck? Yeah. So I, you're just grabbing them and then you're like, what is this random tower? Yeah. I took these out. Right. That's actually more what I meant. Not like you're purposely like, hey, I really want to keep yeah. this. But it like just you pull it like, out oh. and you're like, I'm going to set this over here now. And then you like, you're setting things over and then you look over and it's like, you just built a new tower that looks pretty much the same, like, but the it's hell? slightly yeah. to the left. Yeah. I think that's a very good analogy, yeah. and I don't really know. I want new blocks. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting and important thing to wrestle with, too, is I think that's one thing that I was trying to push with even where we're at now. And I'd say I'm right and you're wrong pushing you to get to here, mm -hmm. but I'm hearing you use the same blocks and different very good things point. and wondering, it's like, do you even need that block anymore? But it's not that easy, dude. I didn't say it was easy. <laughs> like I'd I'd love to just freaking I'd love new someone just buy me a new freaking Jenga yeah. set. But that's not but then it's like you but you only know how to build with those blocks and so then you're like, Well, I'm trying to build something, so I guess I have to use these tools that I think are kinda messed up, but like it's the only thing I know how to build with so I can choose 
a, a weird tower or no tower? Yeah, even thinking about going to what you said of like communing with God, right? It's like as that parent walks in your room, the block you knew how to do to calm yourself is to pray to God. Yes. And mm. so there, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that, no. but you're like, this is, it's a, it's like in sports, it's muscle memory, right? It's like what you do. And, and you, I love that that's my muscle memory. I really yeah. do. Like I worked hard that that would be my muscle memory, that my first thought would be to go to God. Yeah. And I don't dislike that. It's just weird when you're not sure what you think about God. Yeah. It's been a very interesting conversation. Yeah, I think it's the closest we've got to fighting. Yeah, it was a little fiery. I feel bad. No, I think it's good. And I think Dustin saw no (laughs) fight. But I think what... I've said this before, but I think it's important. One thing I think is good about what we're doing here, and my encouragement for anyone listening that's deconstructing... Or if you're a pastor and you're, you're someone that holds a religious space of leadership, you either need to be the safe space for people to have conversations or find safe places out of these conversations. Yeah. And I think that's what you're doing is unlike what a lot of people have the opportunity to do because they don't have anyone that they can have that conversation with maybe. Um, I even said this. I preached on politics this last weekend mm-hmm. at the well. Uh, noticed you weren't there. Didn't want to hear my thoughts. Um <laughs> But I preach about politics, and I opened up, and I was like, hey, I want you guys across the table to um, share, was one to ten, where what your comfortability of this is. Mm. And I listened a little bit, and people started sharing a little bit more of what they actually believed. And I told them afterwards, like, I listened a little bit. I was like, you did something that no one in our country is doing right now, was you talk with people that you might disagree with or you know you disagree with about politics. Whoa. I love that. And I that. think for deconstruction, it's like finding not someone you agree with across the board, but finding someone you trust that can have a conversation, that would be my encouragement to anyone. It's like, we're doing this because it's, I think, interesting content for other people. But it was birthed out of like you and I are like, these are just good conversations. Yeah. And I hope that it models that it's possible. Because like, I've had people message me like, thank you for your podcast. I can't believe you're willing to talk about this with anyone. Like, I'm doing this all alone. Yeah. And you're not just talking about it with me. You're talking about it with the world several hundred downloads a week (laughs) yeah um we didn't really answer the question but that's okay that's part of the deconstruction yeah it is well this is fun this was fun for those listening for you embrace the journey